Are you looking for a memorable getaway for your family that's packed with adventure? Look no further than Lake Erie. Powderhook, in partnership with the Great Lakes Fishery Commission, has all the resources you need to plan your adventure to the walleye capital of the world. The best part is, you don't have to be an experienced angler or own a boat to have a fantastic time on the water. While walleye are the main attraction, Lake Erie also offers excellent fishing for yellow perch, trout, steelhead, salmon, and bass. The options are endless, and there's so much to explore on Lake Erie. Knowledgeable and friendly fishing guides are eager to serve you. Whether you want to hire a charter, secure a seat on a headboat, fish from the shore, ice fish, or do a DIY trip on your own boat, all these options are at your disposal with a bit of planning and preparation. Find everything you need at powderhook.com. That's powderhook.com. We know what's biting and can help you enjoy a wonderful fishing experience on Lake Erie. Hey, it's Captain Justin Leet with Chasing the Sun TV. Join me and Meredith for the best fishing action along the coast of Panama City Beach. Tune in to new episodes every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. River Rats, you are listening to the River Certified Podcast with Spencer Bow and Ryan Tassler and an array of guests where we cover the fun, interesting, and sometimes rugged parts of spending life on or near the water. Oh, you just I, cut me off. Yeah. Good. I didn't like Welcome you to the show. Like, you <laughs> got to say like, uh, hey, Over. <laughs> you know, uh, whatever talk with dave like take one you can't just be like hey okay here we, we're ready no. to roll we, i won't we usually, know that yeah we usually just You're, sit around and talk forever and then we'll introduce you somewhere yep. down the line we're live we're, we're going all right yep are we gonna introduce him then yeah i mean he wants he wants to be known okay the man Mr. wants Jason to, cats the man wants to be known i'll i'll start i i'm here spencer's here uh ryan is to my left check you were sit- you sitting on the couch to my <laughs> left, and the uh, wonderful individual to the right of me, Mr. Dave Weiner. Would you want to share a little bit about yourself so uh, people have some context to how Dave. wonderful you really are? <laughs> well, the only thing I think Spencer thinks is wonderful about me is my mustache, but other than that... <laughs> I don't know. know if wonderful even describes it. <laughs> Other than that, just pretty much a regular guy. I'm a fire inspector uh, part time with our local fire department, and then I'm a fishing guide uh, in my off days. And in the winter time, I enjoy hunting and ice fishing, so that keeps me busy and active. And I try to keep moving as much as I can. Little known fact: Dave, who is a catfish guide and a very good one at that. So if you ever think about booking a channel cat trolling drifting trip in Central Iowa, or if you want to travel to Central Iowa. Get a hold of Dave. It's Chasing Cats, right? Yep, ChasingCats.com. There you go, ChasingCats.com. And he's on Facebook and Instagram. And Blogger. What's that? Blogger is a uh, Google-based website. I'm getting edumacated right now. uh, (laughs) It it works similar to Instagram, but it actually draws. If you're an analytical geek like I am and you wonder where all your people come from, and I study this out on a weekly basis and look at my numbers and stuff. The majority of the pictures that are posted and when people put in like Iowa catfishing guides or channel cats, um, whatever you hashtag with that, since it's tied with Google, it links it back to your blogger site. 
Oh, so you're a geek who drives traffic to you through your blogger site. That's you got to you know. I would say a good business person. Okay, you know, well, with, with geek. Tendencies. I feel like geek is a misunderstood <laughs> word. Well, not misunderstood. A word that traditionally is very negative, but I feel like more and more and more it has more positive context because well, everything's techno technologically driven. Well, now, I'm, a, so, I'm a fishing I mean, geek. Well, and I'll say it. I'll say it straight to your face. <laughs> So I, I've, I've actually owned a lot of different businesses. I had a, a, a kennel in Germany and over in the United States. Wait, and, you say over in the United States like we're well, over uh, in Okay, I said that backwards. I we, we travel over, a lot for our Yes, podcast. I mean. Over in Germany. Serious. And in here in the United States. Uh, I had a waterfowl photography business, and there's still videos. When you go to the Shields, you'll see my pictures on the cover of videos. I never knew still. that. That's so cool. Been published in a lot of waterfowl magazines and, and different things and, and hunting uh, websites where I'll have action photos or whatever in there. Okay. Had an Iowa-based store. Uh, so anything that was made in Iowa, we carried in our storefront. And then now the fishing guide uh, stuff. So. Um, whatever, You're a veteran, seasoned business owner, veteran. Well, w- since you you know you wanted to find geek, I'll I'll give you kind of how that works. Whenever I do something, though, I do it 110. percent So sure, like with the uh, with the dog stuff in 2006, I had a dog that won the world trials in Germany, really, and held that title for two years. You're um, much more esteemed than I realized. This is great. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, anyways, it's just. Uh, I bite in and don't let go. I guess that's kind of what it is. So mm-hmm. if I want to be a good guide, then how do you get your name out there? Um, there's a lot of different avenues. You know, I, I know that like everybody knows you from YouTube and that's kind of your, your trademark. Sure. That's things. the bulk of my audience. Yeah. Right. And uh, so I have, I don't have time to edit and I don't have patience for it. Well, if you don't, don't enjoy it, like it's that. too time yeah. consuming yeah. to do it if you don't enjoy it. So I have to think other, other realms that I do enjoy. And I, that is, figuring out how I can draw anybody and everybody who types in anything fishing to direct them to me. Yeah. And so that's kind of why I study all that stuff. No, it's crafty. It's smart. It's crafty. It's a good idea. And anybody who runs a business, I mean, if if you want to take the time to learn all that stuff, I think it'd be good. And if you don't want to take the learn time to learn all that stuff, you could probably pay Dave to do it for you. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's very meticulous. I'm know? sure there's somebody out there you could pay. Yeah, there's that stuff. companies that do that. All right, so we were super serious. Now we're going to the less serious side of things. We at well, this is kind of serious. We're open to any sponsorship offers within reason for me personally the most favorite my my favorite one that i got recently was from a manscaping company called smooth my balls so (laughs) did you take them up on i didn't i didn't i i might end up regretting it but uh well you didn't even discuss it with me maybe i have over non-smooth balls oh sorry (laughs) well see i prefer to ask and then check myself (laughs) well that was the the segue you led right into it is uh Somebody, uh, a friend of mine, texted me and had to point out that he, after listening to several of the podcasts, Ryan had brought up the chiggers biting your uh, scrotum multiple times. Well, it's traumatic, and it has sadly occurred on multiple occasions. All right, the mystery is solved. So, it's uh, not just traumatic enough to bring up multiple times. It's happened to him multiple times. Yeah, and it's, I, I think I'm just a slow learner. <laughs> I think that's, that's what it boils down you to. Think? Is, yeah. I mean, you can only bang your head so many times against the wall, but sooner or later, I'm getting through the damn wall. 
And I have to ask <laughs> how your um, nether regions became available to the chiggers for uh, nesting. That's, that's where they go. I've never had that that's problem. That's where they go. They, they, they my start, legs. They start at the sock. Anything tight, like the sock, the waistband of your pants, or if I guess I had too tight pants on and went to the baller regions. Maybe you need uh, to wear boxers. Maybe that's why I've never had that problem. I'm, I'm a boxers yeah, guy. Yeah, that might be. Well, you could put some like bug spray on there, and then that would like eliminate your chances of ever having another kid and and avoid the chiggers all. Around. I'm good with no more kids. I'm I'm full up, but I mean <laughs> flush with kids. <laughs> <laughs> Own a circus of sorts, but if they made a spray that would keep chiggers off you, I would buy stock. They do. Sawyer's is a good product. I, really? I use Sawyer's on, on turkey season. I was out for. It's Dave, the five, teacher. I think five teacher. days and 14 hours a day. I never had a tick, never had a jigger bite, sitting in grass, walking in timbers. It's called Sawyer's? Yep. It's in a yellow spray bottle. Walmart has it. Really? It, it's good for six weeks or six washings. It's good stuff. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's like a natural plant extract, so it's somewhat organic and not full of a bunch of chemicals. I, how do you feel next about time the, on Walmart? I'm stocking. That made me think. How do you feel about the natural versus artificial, and how people tend to think things that are natural are just going to be better for you all the time? I don't buy it. That's, I, it's I, I it's such an so. overused marketing strategy. It is. It's a ploy for a lot of occasions, but you know, some people would rather instead of using DEET, that at times may be more effective. Would go to the natural one. What's that one in the green bottle that? It's it don't like matter. A, I know. Anyway, one that made from plants entirely yes. from plants and. And I sprayed that on and just got destroyed by mosquitoes. But people swear by, oh, it's natural. It's good for you. Well, see, well, what I, to avoid mosquitoes, I use a thermocell. Yeah, which it has a. I'm going to slaughter I, you ever, this. You ever it's wonder like, what the fumes are, though? No, it, it tells you on the package. Well, I'm it's, sure I've just never read it. I just <laughs> would rather sit here and wonder. I looked, I looked at it. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess I am a geek then because I actually read the package. I, I, I like to have a little mystery in my and life. And I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to slaughter the name of this, but it's like Parsithium plant extract, and it's okay. the same thing that Sawyer's uses. Huh. And I mean, if we fish at night, we'll have like four thermocells running, you know. Yeah, and I love we don't them. we don't get yeah. mosquitoes. Don't bother us. But Except the wind is horrible on them. If yeah. there's a, if there's yeah. any breeze at all, they they're null and void. So to spin off of yours, what I I'm taking it a step further. I have my bimini top on my boat, and I bought a giant mosquito net that I'm going to hang and drape from the top of that thing inside the. So it's going to be like a big cast net. And you're yeah. going whatever's in there. You're going to get trapped in there. <laughs> no, there's there's an opening. You can get out. When um, the May- unlike a cast net, there is an opening <laughs> for you to escape. When the mayflies are out, he's just going to cover the front of that net with them going down river. Well, I tell you, something, <laughs> no. something hatched because there's a bunch of like ectoskeletons all over. Oh, the side what are of the they boats. called? They're um, they're the bugs that were flying around <laughs> us the other night. They were potent last like night. Willow flies or something like that anyway back to the natural versus artificial oh yeah back to the topic uh, <laughs> well, easily distracted with, yes absolutely. you fit right in uh, but i mean there's so many natural things that aren't good for you like rattlesnake venom you know that's all natural kill you no problem <laughs> unless jesus is on your side dude you'd have to be lucky <laughs> or you had to be really fast get the hospital but anyway so we have some breaking news we had some some funny business, but we have breaking news. 
I have an ongoing list, and all of you have heard it, of things seen floating down river. We have confirmed an addition. I thought it was a bobber. It looked nothing like a bobber. No, it, it's it was round. Shiny. It's round and red. That <laughs> sounds like a bobber. Do you care to elaborate? Well, it was confirmed. I knew what it was coming around the bend, and it took Spencer five minutes of arguing before he confirmed. I'm scrutinizing. <laughs> I go with what's probably the most common thing that's round and red that you see floating in the water, and that's a bobber. And what was the day? It was the end of May. Yeah. It was the end of the May. All right. Sorry. We'll we'll get over the uh, anticipation. <laughs> it was a Christmas ornament. One of them round a Christmas tree ornaments. red, shiny, mirrored. Christmas well, I, Dave was on the edge of his seat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, whatever. No. <laughs> Round and red, floating an object. I'm thinking yeah. gas can or something from a boat. or yeah. But I didn't know, like, size-wise what you were talking about. No. So. Yeah. We are uh, not always the best storytellers in that <laughs> we regard. We are not. But yeah, that's the, the newest addition. Do you have any additions to the uh, things seen floating downriver? Anything weird? We have all the normal stuff. No, I haven't seen anything. I'd... This year, um, a few years Well, this back, is it, ever. <clears throat> well... Not floating down river. I tell you the weirdest thing I ever snagged. Okay. It was a clump of hair of some kind. <clears throat> and uh clump of hair? A clump of hair. Like human hair. Of some kind of hair that appeared to be human. That's creepy. Yeah. And I, I so I called like the authorities, you know. And mm-hmm. working in the fire department I have a lot of contacts and sure. So I may mm-hmm. not you know, I didn't call like a direct line. So I called some of the detective friends that I know. I said, hey, just so you know, I'm out of the city, the city lake. And I snagged into something and pulled, you know, pulled my rig up to check my bait. And there's this wad of like appears to be human long hair on it. <laughs> do you want the hair or do you want any information yeah, on this? And spot? Nope. Nope. Wow. Could have been a wig. Could have been Anything something. F- so no follow up. Yeah. No. It just remains a mystery. Huh. Yeah. I suppose if you don't have any missing persons reports. In the area, you, you, yeah, but if where, the hair's coming out, it probably's been there a while. And that's but, the thing too; bodies usually float, or you yeah, know, after yeah. about seven days. Yeah. So, unless anchored properly, <laughs> eventually all things rot Whoa. and float. Yeah. So that's not always the case. All right, so, that's the paramedic in me talking. So, so Dave, run me through like your typical day on the water. Okay, like, you wake up, you brush your teeth. Yeah, so here's I, here's I, how my I'm normal assuming, day goes. I'm assuming. Yep, my normal fishing day, which is normally not me fishing, um, and I'm fine with that. But, I hope so. <laughs> well, they don't you pay know, you to watch you no, reel them in. Every, every, every time I go out, people are like, well, don't you ever get tired of not reeling fishing? And no, for me, I enjoy meeting new people and seeing the takedown, and, and if we catch the fish, that's a bonus. Sure. But there's nothing better than watching the rod go from – Seven foot six standing straight up to bent over in half in a, in a blink of an eye. That is the best part yeah. of trolling mm-hmm. or drifting because they don't, yeah. unless they're real little, they don't really nibble. Right. It's like they get a running head start, <laughs> nab that bait, and the rod just folds. Yep. So oh, my day starts at 4 o'clock in the morning. Alarm goes off, and I refuse to hit snooze. I roll out of bed, brush my teeth, um, head to the office, make sure that everything's good to go there, if you know what I mean. And then I go out and uh, I do a, a electrical check on my boat, make sure all the, the brake lights and all the running lights and my truck lights work so I don't get stopped and mm-hmm. run 20 minutes late for something like that. Um, I get my cover off, get everything ready, load bait from the bait tank into the, the bait bucket, 
um, head on out to the lake. I'm always there 30 to 40 minutes before the time that I tell somebody I'm going to meet them. And Unlike this podcast. <laughs> Spencer <laughs> runs on his own time. No, <laughs> Ryan was hungry and we had to, which was an odd change of pace. It was but delicious. I'm going to ask you who was driving. I was. Made those choices. I was. So it was Spencer time. But my, my day was running about two hours behind, so I had not eaten since breakfast. So we're so. talking about the guide day. Now <laughs> we're talking about the right. electrician day. Yeah. So, oh, oh you've probably never told anyone you're an electrician. Ryan's electrician. I, I try not to tell anybody because I get, oh, you want to do a side job? Or, hey, <laughs> yeah. I only need this. Why does the well smoke every now and then? <laughs> Don't worry it, about it. Yeah, anyway, back to the old guide day. You're, uh, you're at the ramp okay, 30 minutes so early. So I, I generally get there about 30 minutes uh, early, and then I'll run all my checks, make sure that if we're going to keep fish that day, they let me know. They have to let me know a week in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, I Wait, what, my, what do you do different if you're keeping fish? Well, I use my live wells for storage, so I have to mm-hmm. plan around that. That um, makes sense. I also make sure that my aerators are wor- you know, working. Do Obviously, you? I don't put water in there, but I make sure that the pumps are on. Right. I make sure that my bilge pump is on. I make sure that, again, I have enough volts to start the motor. Just kind of all the simple basic stuff. I, I plug the trolling motor in. I make sure that the power is good where it needs to be, even though I checked it before well, I left. So you say basic, though. I mean, it's not basic for everybody. Not everyone's been a boat owner. It's just your daily routine. Now. Yeah. I mean, it probably, is for me. Yeah, it's sure. it's my, in yeah. my normal mental checklist. I, when I was starting guiding, I wrote everything down, and I would literally, like, on every check trip, I would check it off. And now it's just second nature. No, that's smart. So um, I want to make sure that, like, when my people show up, there's not one hiccup and one flaw. Well, they paid good um, money. They don't. They, right. You yeah, know, you don't. Yeah. The, the last thing that you ever want to have happen is back your boat in the water and your motor won't start. That's it's like happened, my worst fear. Happened yeah. one time. And I always carry a jump pack with me in case that mm. does happen. I don't know why it happened. It just, I, I had 12 volts when I left the house. When I got to the lake, I had 12 volts, but it wasn't enough to crank it. So something, you know, something definitely happened. Mm. But I carry a jump pack just so I can avoid when those things come up. That's smart. <clears throat> yeah. Um, how many people, like, if you had to put a percentage down, how many people keep fish? Well, I would say I, I last year I think we kept eight fish out of close to 1,000 we caught. That's it? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So almost nobody. Yeah. Wow. But on the other hand, I turn probably $2,000 away every single year by people who want to keep fish and they want to keep everything that they catch regardless of what it weighs. Mm. Yeah. So I don't, that's a, that's I'm not a deal your breaker for, for some people. Mm-hmm. Mm. If I'm going to pay you $300, you know, $400 to go out, I want to keep what I catch. Well, and I, I can totally see their side. I mean, it's legal. Yeah. I'm just not the guy for you. Then yeah, if that's sure. The case, so. Sure. Um, and then getting back to that then, so I have my waivers ready and a pen to make sure that the pen actually writes, you know, it's not like dried up <laughs> and stuff, but these are little details well, that you don't are. think about they until are. you're like, Oh yeah. crap, somebody showed up and now I have a pen that doesn't work and yeah. whatever. Right. So, um, I have everything loaded in my boat, take my windshield cover off. Everything's ready to go. Uh, and I'm just, you know, patiently waiting for them to show up. They show up. We greet each other. Um, first thing I have them do is I, I have them sign the, the paperwork. And if they have questions, we go over it. But nobody generally has questions. They just uh, everyone wants to fish. fish. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I I do things way different than most guides do. I tell them I'm, I'm looking at this 
and we can talk about it, you know, later on in the in the cast if you want to. Talk about it now. Uh, well, I don't want to get too far off subject, so no, I'll that's, finish that's, my routine. No, just no. whatever. Right. Yeah, you go. You go with whatever you feel like. How about so, that? Um, initially, I had always had the pressure of how many fish, the biggest fish, and that's what that's what made a successful trip. Mm-hmm. What changed that was when I and I've told the story a thousand times. So if you hear if you heard it, listen to it a thousand one times. Um, <laughs> it was the it was the two by four that hit me right across the the head and woke me up as to what makes a a, a metaphor- tri- trip metaphorical two by four. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Almost literal, though, because okay. I'll tell you the story, and and you'll get it. Um, I took a lady out fishing, and... Oh, I heard this story. Yeah, she caught like a... <laughs> like a thousand one times for me now. Yeah. Well, like I a, haven't, so shut up. Like <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Ryan hasn't heard it, so it's, not. it's all fresh and yeah. new again. Okay. Um, so she got like a two, three-pound channel cat. So in my head, I have this tournament mindset. The longer the line's out of the water, the less chance we have of catching another fish... The more time I'm dealing with the two, three pound channel cat, um, the less time we have to catch the 10, 12 pound yeah. fish. Yep. So yep. I, I got the, the fish in, I unhooked it right off, you know, right off the bat. I didn't even look at it. I just threw it right over the side of the boat, got a new piece of bait, put it on there. She says, well, what'd you do that for? I said, cause that's a, a fish that consumes our time. We want our time to be effective. Well, that was the largest fish I ever caught. I wanted a picture of it. So oh. I was like, well, we'll catch a bigger one. You know, I'm <laughs> yeah. trying to like. Wouldn't you have felt like the biggest jerk in the world if right? you would have skunked out after <laughs> that? I don't know. I'm not worried about that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so that was the reality check that every trip is its own experience. and its yeah. own. Um, every fish is its own trophy to that person. They have their own expectations coming right. in. Yeah. So that was the reality of like, hey, you know what? We're going to ratchet this way back down. And so now I take all my trips out and I explain this to them that I'm going out on the lake and I'm fishing with two new friends or one new friend or how many people are on the trip. Um, I'm fishing this trip as I'm meeting a new fishing buddy for the first time. We're going to go out. We're going to fish everything as a team. I'm going to back the boat down to the water line. You're going to help me back at the rest of the way in. Most guides don't do that. And then, I've never uh, heard of another guy doing that. Yeah, and it buys into the it buys into the reality of what we're fishing as a team. Mm-hmm. They'll back me down the other five, ten feet, whatever it is. They don't mind going park, and I'll get the rest of the rods ready. I'll you know all the other stuff going. Uh, they'll get out. I'll cut bait. I'll say, I'm gonna, "Here's how I'm going to hook, hook hook this piece of bait. You're going to hook the other piece of bait, and we just fish everything like we're two buddies fishing for the first time, you know, together and. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't let them cast though, cause I have a windshield boat and I don't want a sinker going through that or, and you have used bait casters. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there's, there's some things, you know, we don't do, um, but everything else, I mean, it's, it's a hundred percent team effort. That's cool. where a lot of guides are like, I'll, I'll you know, I take you care sit of all there that. and shut I up. Take I care of all it. that, yep. you know, well, that's and, what I tell Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for that. <laughs> So it's it it, it it for me internally being somewhat of a perfectionist, as you know, like I told you, I have I got to have the best dog in the world. I got to have pictures that are on the covers of this and that. Um, I can't control that every trip's going to be a trophy fish trip, but what I can control is the experience. Yes, and the and if I can get them to be more involved in the experience than just standing there and reeling in. And, you know, 25 cranks on a reel, we net a fish, we take a picture and throw it over. 
it gets them more into the experience of the of the fishing trip and they're going to learn more you know a lot of a lot of people that get guides get guides to take something away from it more than fish you ever know they want to learn a strategy or they want to learn you know yeah and we we go over that and and as i'm fishing i tell them right off the bat everything that i think i speak so if you want to just that'd be dangerous for me (laughs) (laughs) ryan you're stupid (laughs) well i tell you that anyway (laughs) so i tell them every strategy that i'm thinking like okay you know i told the guys today we went 0.5 uh, down this direction. We didn't get a bite. We're going to go the other direction at the speed of the wind. It's and just, just to clarify for everyone listening, and we've touched on it a little bit, Dave primarily does trolling and drifting for catfishing. He's referencing the speed that he dri- er, trolls at and yes. then, then mm-hmm. also the speed that he would drift with the wind. Anyway, go ahead. So we dr- I said, well, we're going to go down here. We're going to go a half mile down at 0.5. And we're going to let the wind take us, and whatever speed the wind takes us, that's what we're going to go at. That was 0.7.8. So when we got to the other end and we're going to loop back around, um, I'm going to half that distance, and I'm going to see what speed the fish like. And then that's how we build a pattern, and that's how I'm explaining it to them. So that when they walk away with this, they don't say, I've got to troll at 0.5. Yeah. You know, that's what we went with or whatever the case is. Or, you know, there's there's sometimes that magic number. Um, that the fish like. Or the direction. Sometimes the direction seems to make a difference. Like if you're going north or you're going south and mm-hmm. or going with the wind or going into the wind seems to make a difference sometimes. Absolutely. So that's how I told them, you know, hey, we're going to put this pattern together. And we were going to mark in our head where the first fish is caught. But if you if you can't do that, you know, you hit mark on your sonar. You start marking mm-hmm. every single fish that you sure. catch and you start putting the, all the pieces together. You know, so just a spin off of that a smidge when me and ryan went blue cat fishing uh two or three years ago and this was just the most elaborate display of this i've ever seen uh we were hitting marks when we were catching fish on this pretty much featureless mud flat just out in the middle of nowhere and it was wonderful fishing we caught several really nice fish and uh, but we struggled leading up to that point and weren't catching much and then we caught one and i hit mark and caught another one i hit mark and we covered this entire giant flat that was miles wide you know two to five feet deep but no contour whatsoever just gradual slope and the majority of the fish were within an area the size of a basketball court yeah on this. They, were, they were just having a party up there yeah you i don't know i don't know what was going on all day they're having a party yeah. all day <laughs> we kept going back to the party <laughs> well and that's one thing that we do too one of the you know one of the guys that asked me today he said do you ever go through the same area twice? And so I, I fish every single area. And, the, and I, again, I, I'm telling them everything that I'm thinking about so that it'll bring up discussion, you know. And, and maybe if there's – all my trips are based around education type of, of guiding. That's cool. And that's way different than anybody else does. And a lot yeah. of guides actually really don't like that because they said, hey, you know what, you're taking business from us. And if you teach people how to do this, they're not going to come back and, and whatever. But, if they like you, they'll come back. Yeah. <clears throat> there's always going to be people who want to learn this. I mean, you get yeah. online and you look at, well, what what should I use for a drifting rig? Or tell me about drift socks. Tell me about planer boards. Tell me about X, Y, and Z. And, and those conditions are the change that, the game so much that you teach them one ta- tactic, and that's going to work well, 10 to 15% of the time. Let's talk about that a little bit. So you've went through your progression. You broke down all these things. But the fishing's really, really tough, and 
like you've been having issues with spawn and stuff because of the low water and then the warm weather just got everything going earlier. But what if there's like, let's say it's been 90, 90, 90, and then all of a sudden you have a day where it's 65 and big cold front rolls through. Like, what what are you going to do on those days? Oh, well, remember the video that you and I did? Yeah. That was that scenario, right? It was hot, 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 and then it was cold enough that you had to have coffee that you forgot your no, truck I, I in your truck. No, I drink coffee when it's 95. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and big, I think, yeah. big old scalding cup of hot of uh, coffee this morning when I was playing Frisbee golf for our, our team meeting today. <laughs> and I, I do believe that Which you had I a, did not dominate, by the way. I'm a not sw- a good Frisbee golfer, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> a sweatshirt on and, and warm, and when it should have been warmer. Yeah, and you it was, were saying it was hey, cold. It's a cold. There was cold, cold front, front comes in, right? But mm-hmm. let's, let's bump, because um, so we, we still trolled yeah we still what did, what did we do though we i, I said right, after like you sound like a teacher right now so here <laughs> just just okay. tell everyone what we did well so here's what we did we had we we fought trying to catch fish for like two and a half hours yeah and we had like nothing no, not a bite and so I, I had to ratchet back and go okay this is where i was catching fish and it's not working go to plan b plan b is keep it simple stupid you know the kiss I, I'm aware. I perfected it. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> unable. Part. Well, not, and not un, unable part. to do anything <laughs> complex. So, the, the mindset was if the sun rises in the east, the west shore bank's going to warm up faster. Right. And what's going to warm up faster is not going to be mud. It's going to be sand and rocks. So, we went over and we hit the old channel that was on the west sun. Uh, sun the west side of the lake, which had the, the more sun, which right. is going to warm up sooner, and we smoked fish. After you know, we did. We it was that. nothing, nothing. Then all of a sudden, bang, 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 bang. Right. So you you can internally get in this groove. Even as a guide, you can get in this groove of like, this is where I've caught fish for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And something changed, like the weather. That was a cool day. It was cool. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was you have probably to go back what, to, it was probably yeah. ten to twenty degree swing in temperature yeah. and a north wind in the summertime, yeah. which is not common and that that's what makes a guide valuable versus versus somebody who's just out throwing the same pattern every day you know we we've ran into some people that we fished with that it was snowing in a certain lake and he was he was trolling at very high speeds and wondering why we're not catching fish because it works in august right yeah but he he just could not adapt to the changing well i feel like adapts the right word and everybody's guilty of being sucked into it worked yesterday it should work today yeah well we were yesterday and yeah. that's oh, and, absolutely yeah. but here's the here's where and uh you know and, and you're gonna you're gonna figure this out as, as a guide too when do you roll the dice and bet against the odds you know what i mean when i go scouted yeah <laughs> when, <laughs> when i don't have clients in the boat <laughs> but here's the thing though is every day and especially this spring has been really weird every day is almost a different day we're almost just now getting into consistent steady weather where you can start to put a pattern together we haven't had it that unsteady of weather it's been it like snowed like less than what three weeks ago yeah but it's been consistently and now hot it's for 90 two degrees. and a half weeks man we okay. had that that but crap. the water temperature went from 65 degrees to 80 degrees in 10 days. Yeah. That's not consistent. No, I'm not. <laughs> but that's just within a small window. Like you had a three to four day window where it was warm, got cold, and then was cold and got hot. And it was consistent on both sides of those. Well, but I'm going to tell you, and you probably already know this, but the people who might are listen, that changes where the fish go it changes how they act and how they react to your presentation 100 speed you, no. that you that you fish 
and it changes how many fish you put in the boat. So I'm just saying that out of out of catching four or five thousand fish in the last five years of guiding, that it, once you get two two weeks of consistent steady weather, and you don't throw a wild card in there like the spawn which we're facing now. Um, you can really put a solid pattern together, and every day you can go shoot those fish in a barrel, so to speak. Which you, you do a lot of daytime fishing, right? I, my so, trips are 6 o'clock in the morning till 11 or 6.30 to noon, something like that. Um, and then if I do back-to-backs, you know, I'm on the water from 6 in the morning till 5 at night. So you don't notice much different in l- lunar phases or yeah. anything like that? Um, I try not to fish a full moon. I I don't know if you call it superstitious, call it whatever you want, but I can tell you that um, there's something to it. And if there wasn't, any fishermen wouldn't put the lunar tables in the back of their magazine. Um, Now you got me checking my channel cat logs. Check away. I'm going to tell you from experience, though, that... You have to have two weeks of steady, consistent. Everything has to be consistent. Not a, With that, even like a five-foot change on a reservoir will change everything in your fishing strategy. Yeah. Everything. Um, whether it's five feet up, five feet down. That's the magic number. You can go get by with three feet. The fish will do the same thing. They'll be in the same spot. Five feet, you're screwed. you got to find all new fish. Um, everything's new, and, and you're starting from the beginning again. But like you said, scouting trips... When you have, like, today's, what, the 7th or 8th? Something like that. I don't have a single day to scout between now and the 21st or 22nd when I have a day off from everything. So it's trip, 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 trip. But couldn't you scout after trip? I could, but those aren't the times I'm fishing, and those those times you have things that change. So you have things like the sun is higher in the sky, the temperatures are warmer. I want to know where the fish are biting during the majority of my trips, which are morning trips. Sure. Yeah. I'm looking, but only while you, while you're looking that up, so there's not this pause. Um, I have a, G, a handheld Garmin GPS, and on that it has. I mainly use it for ice fishing, um, but it has all the moon phases on it, and it has the peak times. Yeah. Now you can call me a witch doctor. You can call me whatever you want to, but I'm going to tell you that when I look at that and it says peak times from 11:10 a.m. to 12:51. That we catch way more fish. We see more yeah. deer. We see more. No, turkeys, I believe I believe everything. in those major and minor bite windows. I'm just the, I, I've never heard anyone fishing for channel cats mention that the full moon was bad. And I'm trying to see if there was any lining up with my experiences. Um, I had one blank on a full moon in my past records, but the temp also dropped 20 degrees, and it was a 30 mile north wind in March. So. So not only did it suck, the fishing sucked as well. The weather sucked (laughs) and everything sucked. I just call those wild cards. Yeah, yeah. But then I got – it wasn't a full moon, but it was 90% full, and I caught 30 fish from 20 to 27 inches. Um, So that was one day, but then I – when was the other one? That was the closest. Oh, 100% caught four in a couple hours in November. No, are those flatheads or channel cats? Those are channels. Flatheads, I will say, don't respond well to a full moon at night. Um, it seems like, and people generalize full like the lunar phases. I feel like fish respond differently to them based on time of year. 
Sure, like absolutely. Pre spawn, um, those lunar phases don't seem to impact flatheads as much, and I'm almost convinced that it's due to the amount of light, because, um, and my theory is that pre spawn flatheads eat more during the day than they do other times of year, and then well, you definitely catch a lot more during the day. Catch a lot more during the day pre spawn, and you also catch more during a full moon pre spawn. But post spawn, once at, once they're done with that uh, a full moon's tough i'm not saying you can't catch one and if you do catch one they seem to be really big lots of times but um i haven't noticed any so the, definitive patterns with channel cats during the day with with a full moon um ask matt davis about that sometime we talk we've had a lot of conversations about full moons and and he's on the same well, line that I, I am. I have that. no doubt that the moon phases impact them some way, yeah. somehow. I'm always a skeptic on everything to the point that it probably rubs a lot of people the wrong way, which is well, it, so, yeah, um, some of that, kind of your thing. But it, I'm sure I've rubbed them the wrong way for other reasons, too, <laughs> so I just keep doing it. But, yeah, if I don't know, like, people – there's so many people who talk about different observations, but it's all based on an- anecdotal data. It's – very few people keep – like records with because it's amazing how your memory like you romanticize the past and your memory of of events changes um through time so but and then i'll go back and look through my records i'll be like i don't remember that or remember it being like that or maybe i was like maybe i caught 10 fish and then you go back and you're like oh i only caught five and maybe i caught a 15 pounder and you go back and it was 10. And then I've also had the other way around. Like, oh, this was a crappy trip or a crappy time frame. I didn't do very good on these trips. And you look back and you're like, well, I skunked once. And then I caught three flatheads one night and one the other night. And then it wasn't so bad once you go back yeah. and look at the data. So what I did with that um, was I would I would hit a waypoint for like three years. Every time I caught a fish, I'd hit a waypoint. So that's not anecdotal data. Well, here's where we're going with that. Man, you got to give a guy a chance to explain that. <laughs> well, so what I'm just I would do processing these things out loud. Is this I is would, a ver- this is a verbal medium. This is an audio, <laughs> audio medium. So what I would do is I would go through my GPS waypoints and I would organize them by date. Yeah. And so I would say, you know, um, May fifth through May twelfth, and I would I would scrub those and I would look at those and I'd say, hey, these are where the fish were last year. Mm-hmm. on this time frame and that would be a good place to start from now every spring's different you know yeah. the, this, this year we've had st- stable water conditions last year we've had stable water level conditions to be more specific but two years prior to that we had 100 year floods yeah so you can take that information you can throw it right out the window because yeah. uh until not fishing. until we have another 100 year flood in three years right yeah. and, <laughs> that's no joke either <laughs> So, you know, that's just one way I look at it. When I was tournament fishing, too, that's what I did a lot of times. If I went to uh, Rathman, let's say, I would pull up waypoints from Rathman or wherever, the you know, Little River, uh, pull up waypoints from there and say, hey, here's where we caught fish before. This is the month we caught them. You know, let's, that gives us a place to start. Absolutely. So, sure. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways. I don't have the time generally to keep a detailed log, but I keep a photo from every photo or from every um trip that i take and those are of course date you know date and time stamp so i can go back and i can that's kind of my running log that i that i take but here's the deal ultimately when it comes down to it somebody wants to fish we're going to fish that day unless it's lightning 
Yeah. Or if it's yeah. thirty mile an hour winds, we're not going to fish that day. Well, that's just not safe. But yeah, if it's if it's or fishable it's conditions, miserable. we're going to fish that day, and we're going to make the best trip that we can. And I tell them that you know right off the bat is every trip is the best trip of the year. I'm going to put 110% effort into that trip, and we're going to do what we can. And what we end up with is what we end up with. Yeah. Well, that, I, I mean, people see that. That's why you have people come back and fish with you. Yeah. Yeah. And if you actions speak louder than words. If you look at, at, you know, a channel cat, let's say, has a brain the size of a pea. And you look at how big, let's say, Sailorville Lake is. And for those that don't know, it's what, 5,000 acres or something like that? Of, I think of it's 4,200. Yes. Yeah, so, mm. so something close to that. Yeah. Um, how do I get that fish to bite a one inch by one inch piece of cut bait? So, it does help that it's just chock full with them. It does. <laughs> but I'm gonna but there's there's days like no, the, the day yeah. where you and I were out, you know, it's like, okay, I've caught I think a hundred fish in these in these routes we ran this last week. They're not here. We have to go back to thinking the basics, you know. Yep. Well, I think that we were pulling baits by fish the whole time, just baits that or fish that weren't eating. And then you oh, got sure. to that other yeah. side of that bank where it's a little warmer and then those fish are just a little more tuned up. Yep. I mean, I think you can say that any place you go, though. I mean, chances are, even when you get skunked at night, there was a fish that you would love to catch within, right within striking yeah. distance of your bait. Absolutely. I mean, if not, you're just playing in the wrong spot. But, well, yeah, and there's and there's two realms to look at that, too. There's the realm of we're going out to fish for fun. You know, Ryan, you and I, we're going to go out and we're just going to see what happens tonight. And if we we catch a fish, that's a bonus, you know, but when there's pressure on it and there's people that are driving from I mean, oh, it changes from, everything I've had from, from people from Canada, Mexico, um, uh, Asia, what all people I've had two people from, you from had people from Asia. other countries. Yeah. I had a, you're famous. I had two people from Asia come to fish. Um, I had people from California and, and Canada and Mexico, like I said, so when those people come, there's a expectation that you're you're going to catch fish. Oh yeah, and it's way different than hey, Ryan. Let's go out and sit by the bank, and you know, let's cook up some whatever, and yeah, have, have a good, good time, time and and, yeah. and hanging out, and we're away from cell phones and traffic and whatever. Um, so yeah, you have to keep all that stuff in mind, and there's so many there's. A thousand sprockets on a gear that are turning out 100 miles an hour, if you will. You know, what's the wind doing? What's the temperature doing? What's the water level doing? What's the water temperature doing? What's the outside temperature doing? What's the water conditions look like? What's what shapes my bait in? You know, how long's my leader? How fast am I going? There's a, there's a thousand things to think about, and they're all important mm -hmm. at a given time. You know, there's a lot of days where it's not as important. <clears throat> there's a lot of days that's the difference of having a good client and, and having a client that had a bad trip. Right. And so, you know, you can put all those pieces together and that sprocket can run just flawlessly and, and everything's ticking along good. And you're either going to catch a whole bunch of fish and everybody's going to high five the whole time, or you're going to catch a handful of fish or a couple of fish or whatever it is. And it still comes back to, it's just fishing. Yeah. Ultimately that's what it is. You've got to catch a fish that has a brain the size of a pea and 5,000 acres of water. Yeah. And, you know, the, the amount of skill that that people that do this day in and day out acquire still doesn't beat luck sometimes. 
You know, yeah. you, you, you got to have consistency. It does. I mean, well, yeah, but because every day or any given day, somebody can get. That's the thing with like tournaments. You know, like somebody can have a lucky day and luck into a, that twenty pound channel. Or, right, yeah, right, or yeah. maybe just bang out three giants right in a row and win the tournament. But you know, angler of the year, nobody lucks into winning angler of the year. You know, Con- yeah. to me, consistency is the name of the game. Yeah. Because you don't know what fish is going to bite next. Like, you you were talking about that big one, that client hooked, you know? Maybe that would have been a 100-pounder. And then you pull that into the boat, and it's like, the, you're, you're not consistently catching flatheads. No. no. But you could catch a 100-pounder at any moment. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the best waters. That's the ones that get you excited to go to. Yeah, you know so, what I mean? but my, my point being is, like, you're not a flathead guy. Mm, you can't consistently put, or you're not going to consistently put people on flatheads all the time. Um, but you're consistently putting people on channel cats all the time, which means you're good at doing that thing. Yeah. And if you, if you going back to the geek in me, as I will use the term that, that Spencer phrased it as, <laughs> as the geek. It's has. a good thing. <laughs> if you look at like, um, you know, you wouldn't know this, the people who are listening where we have a mic sitting on a table. If you look at my table, I have multiple videos on, Old school videos on how to catch channel cats. Do you have the in fisherman ones? I have like two copies of each. <laughs> why? Why do you have two copies? You can because only watch one at a time. If one of them scratches, or yeah. one of them comes. You have a missing, backup copy. I do, <laughs> but I have a stack of books that's like six inches deep too of all the old school books because those guys didn't have sonar. What are the? Sorry. So what are the ones other than in fisherman? I have a bunch of in. I'd have to pull the table and look, and I'll show you. When you we're don't right. have them indexed in your in your mind. Dude, I have them hidden. <laughs> <laughs> Under my table in a secret compartment. We'll, we'll All the valuables in his house were sitting on the table. <laughs> the, the good stuff is under the okay. table. Yeah. <laughs> um, you had gold coins and jewelry on yeah, top that would of be here insane. as a decoy. <laughs> as a decoy so nobody messes That's with right. his fishing nobody, books. Nobody t- takes in Fisherman 1982. But I read every <laughs> single year. I read all those books from cover to cover and sometimes twice. Every yeah. year. And, I, and it's to the point now where I can just about quote page 37 yeah yeah and, all, right. And, all right let's spin off of this a little bit this is my complaint about most fishing literature that uh, there's a lot of good information out there to be had but some of it's so generic it's like what do you even do with it well here's the thing all those old school books and that's where that's where i was kind of going with that is all those old school books they didn't have sonars that were worth a crap you yeah know? they had maybe a flasher if they were spent a lot of money and were lucky but they went strictly on what the biology of the fish and how to catch them based on biology. Based on what they know. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of that is from this didn't work, this does work. This didn't work at this time, it does work. So that's that's the study guide that I, that I go off of every single year to refresh my memory and just get in the mood for fishing and stuff like that. Um but that doesn't really touch on the point I was trying to make. It's like there's so many of those things well, that are super generic patterns that, yeah, they might work. You might catch fish. But if you just tweak a few details here and there, it makes all the difference in the world. It's like the spot on the spot. Like, yeah, you know if you're fishing a river, you want to fish a hole. But there's certain parts of that hole that are better at this water level, certain parts at this water level. And most articles just say, yeah, go find the hole. So you that's have one to, example of them. Yeah. Million. So you have you have to keep in mind opinions are like noses or buttholes. Everybody's got them, right? So here's the thing: you have to figure out 
if you if you watch a hundred YouTube videos and they say fish the hole, okay, you have to figure out biology wise what part of that hole makes the fish want to be there. But that's still, I mean, the YouTube videos, the fishing article, whatever, they're all very generic. It is, yeah. it? but 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 that's the thing is, what's not generic is the biology of the fish. That does not change. Well, I agree. It just it's not addressed. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. That you have to go and figure out and study your your target species, and use as many options and as many angles as you can. Whether that be, you know, like videos that give you general information, but don't generally give you specific information. Books that will give you a lot of general information, not specific information. But to beat your enemy, so to speak, you have to know the ins and outs of your enemy. So study everything that you can scientifically about. That's why I keep a lot about the fish. Well, yeah, yeah. and there's a, there's a lot of ways to go about doing that. And I'll read DNR studies on that does on if channel. Anybody caps. listening to this doesn't check out like the. The different tracking surveys, and then usually generally, or usually generally, what what am I even saying? Um, when they do those tracking surveys, they collect all that data, and then they um, go over it, match it up with whatever their hypothesis was, and then they publish a paper in a in a journal. And you can, if you dig enough, you can find those different journal articles that. Go over those things, and that information, monotonous, boring, not exciting, the information is golden. Very useful. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that and that's uh, that's the stuff that, like, I enjoy. You know, in my regular job, the fire code book is, like, 10 inches thick. Mm-hmm. I've read it from cover to cover four times. Because when somebody says, well, what do you mean I can't do this? I can tell you exactly almost the code reference out of, you know, 10,000 codes why yeah. you can't do this. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody says, well, why are the, why would the fish be here? I want to be able to tell them an answer, not a BS answer or just a guess. You want to actually know. Okay. I want to know yeah. my enemy and I want to know every detail about them. And hey, If you're someone who spends a lot of time outside and since you listen to this podcast, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you probably are. Sunglasses are super important and Waterland sunglasses are my personal favorite. They're super comfortable. I mean, I have a pair on right now. can barely even tell they're there, other than the fact that, you know, everything's a little bit darker. But seriously, they don't pinch your head behind your ears like a lot of sunglasses do, so you don't have to take them off every couple hours, you know, and massage that spot behind your ears. Wearing them all day is no big deal. They have, they have awesome lenses, too. I mean, they cut glare like no other. They're practically like putting on fish x-ray vision. And you'll look great in them. My favorite frames are the Ashers. I like how the sides are a little bit wider, you know, keeps that little bit more of that glare out of your eyes and helps you see in the water a little bit better. And you don't have to squint your eyes all day. And you, you don't have that fatigue, which is, is really nice. And if you want to help support this podcast, you can use promo code RC10 at checkout and that'll save you 10% off on your sweet, sweet new shades and you'll help support the river certified podcast i really appreciate it and you, know, you don't have to talk so bad about them they're, well, they're fish it's are, like a war they're our friends, they're our friends know, man i just want to see them you, know, you don't go hang out with them yeah. Yeah. feed them a little bit well, yeah it let just them, let them go it takes it to that level of like, most of them go <laughs> <laughs> and there there's a lot of guides that are out there that um 
we're just going to go fishing. You know, what happens happens, is there you know, no? and, and stuff like that. Absolutely, because I ask people all the time. Like, I say, how have your, how does this relate to your past fishing experiences with the guide? If they, I always ask them, have you been on a guide boat before? Say, every guide I've ever, I've ever personally fished with is like a student of the game. Yeah, and there's a lot of people who are like, somebody showed up 20 minutes late, their boat was full of, you know, rusty hooks on the carpet, and, really? you know, we, we went out, and, and you'd be shocked at the number of people saying, we didn't catch a fish, but, you know, they said, that's just fishing. Yeah, so anyways, uh, there's a level, I guess is what I'm trying to say, is there's a level of difference in... Yeah, I could yeah, see that. I'm, all around. Yeah, I, I just know all my experiences with guides have been really really positive i'm i have no doubt that there's those guys out there but i maybe i'm just been very fortunate like you you pay attention to details and you make a point to to learn your fishery learn your fish and give people the best possible trip that they can have and every other guide i've ever been with is however they they keep notes they keep those trends in mind um they do a really good job of it and they get better and better and better every year i mean my buddy Jason down in St. Louis. I mean, I can't say enough good things about him. He he was a great fisherman. Just not to his face, though. Yeah, I would never <laughs> tell him anything good to his face. But uh, he was a really good guide the first day I ever fished with him. And then the last time I fished with him, he's 100 times better. And I'm sure if I fish with him again this year, he'll be another 100 times better. I mean, but same story with you. I'm sure it'd be – we we had a tough day. Um, you figured out the pattern and we caught some fish and I'm sure if we go out again, it'd be even better than that. Yeah. But there's, there's a difference between a guide that, that enjoys to fish and enjoys like teaching the clients and, and, and bringing a good product to it versus someone that's a guide that's a job. Well, we're fortunate in Iowa for that. Like if anyone books a trip with a guide in Iowa, you know that that guy is doing it. At least for the most part, that guy's doing it because he wants to, and he wants to bad. Because we don't have a a fishery or a t- tourism sector that really supports the a fishing guide. Yeah, as a, a full time career. But if you go to Florida, there's a lot of our the sport fishing capital of the world. There's so much tourism. There's so many fishing opportunities that you have people who are guiding not because they want to. It's just because they can't do anything money. else. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that maybe that answers some of the questions of when I asked people before. What type of you know what's your experience on a guide trip? A lot of them, is, a lot of those, are not your Midwest, you know, wholesome, honest, true guides type of. They're going to the tourism meccas. They're walking down a, a, a dock line, and there's ten boats that say you know three hundred dollars yep. for for three hours, mm-hmm. and, and which yeah. which boat looks the prettiest? Uh, that's the one we're going to go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, uh, I was a tough sell for for fishing destinations. So yeah, so other, with yeah. that going going other with sides that, the weather too, the seasons. It's short and short. you got to hit it hard. Um, so going back to the business side of my mindset, you know, what would separate me from any of the other guides that are out there? Are we you asking all, me? No, I'm your saying, mustache. It's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew at some point Nailed you, you want to touch it. You know, you can do that later. Later. Um, <laughs> But so I have to think as a business, it is a business. It's not just all about going out and smiles and high fives, you know. What can I do to, to make my business different than any other businesses out there? I'm going to teach him everything that I can on that five hours. I've been to talk the entire time. And it's not like, hey, let me show you pictures of fish we caught last week. That's Nobody cares yeah. about that. Yeah. 
It's going to be, why didn't this work this time? What's going to work next time? Let's go put it to work and see if it does work. Um, and here's the tack. You know, the list is 100, yeah. 100 subjects long. So if you want to be different than the mold, you can break the mold and, and come up with your own your own thing. And that's kind of what I guess that separates me from different than other guides. But it's also why it draws people from other places as far as like China and yeah. Mexico and Canada because you can't find that anywhere. What's your percentage of people that just want to go out and catch a few fish versus the the client that that wants to learn something, that wants to take something home? So, that outwardly expresses that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I um I'm almost an overkill on the first contact. So if I get a message from my website or a message on Facebook or Instagram or whatever the case is or just a random email. Once again, plug your website. JasonCats.com. I bought both Chasing with a G and Chasing without a G. A solid, uh, nice that business. Back to the bet. And a lot of and I've, I've bought a lot of other websites that uh, relate to fishing in Iowa, so it will redirect people to my site. Nice. Um, anyways, man, what was the que- what was the question? I people who want to learn versus okay. people who yeah, just want to catch yeah. some fish. So uh, I'm, a, I'm an overkill on the first contact. You know, and my goal is an hour. Um, if somebody sends, you talk to people for an hour. Nope. If somebody sends me an email, a voicemail, and I can't take it, my goal is to respond to them within an hour. Oh, within an yeah. hour. So, um, and you'd be shocked. Even the guy today I took said, hey, I, I emailed like two other guides and nobody ever got back to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm amazed at how it goes back to that, like, what drives the guide, you know? Like, mm-hmm. if you're, I hear that every week, almost every trip. Yeah. But I have to. They probably just been emailing me. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you do things, but, um, so, you know, I will ask them uh, 101 questions. I want to make sure that it's a good fit because what I don't want is I don't want a bad review. Sure. Um, and I don't want their expectations to be a hundred percent opposite of what my expectations are. So the first, one of the first things I ask them is, are you wanting to learn how to do this? Or you want to just go out and spend the day on the boat and catch fish? And, and I would say to answer your question without going into 20 minute rabbit hole, um, I'm going to go with about 15% of the people want to just go out, enjoy the day in the sun, catch fish, and and go home and go get a Starbucks or whatever the case is. Have a Coke and a smile and and be on their way. Starbucks sucks. But that's not really what my website's designed for. It's not what my other talks have been about. It's all about these are guys that are, I bought a new boat. I had one guy that came out and said, teach me how to use my boat. Yeah. I'm not joking. Leave yours in the, on the trailer. We're taking mine. <laughs> and we cover stuff like, um, you know, I had a guy that was here for two days last, two years ago. And he wanted to know everything, how to tie knots. We went over how to tie every knot that I possibly could think of. Mm-hmm. I would tie a knot, he'd tie a knot. I'd, I'd run a slip float, he'd run a slip float. You know, and, and he'd rig it. I'd show him how to spool a reel, he'd spool a reel. I mean, literally, it walked yeah through everything here's a barrel swivel here's a uh, ball bearing swivel yeah. i mean a to z here's like a, here's what signed it's up for the dave weiner master class it was wow. it was uh intensive i mean it was we had lines in the water but it was yeah. literally how do i fish mm-hmm. and uh, for the money he got the best bang for the buck sure you know, you're gonna got, get a guide especially time was, efficiency too yeah if yeah. i was gonna get a guide it wouldn't be that you put me on a 70 pound fish it it's i want to take something that it's i could use down the road yeah you know 
Does that answer the question? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's higher percentage than what I thought, you know? So, yeah, like about 15% are the people who just want to go out and, and just, you know, knock them dead. And, keep yep. in mind, I ran 98 people through my boat last year. So let's just round it to 100. That's 15 people who just wanted to go out and have, have fun and, and fish, and, and that's it. Yeah. So that tells you the market's there, right, you know, for the people who want yeah. to learn. And once you teach them, as we talked about kind of off mic, is you may not always get them as a repeat customer, but there's always going to be the next person who wants to learn. Yeah. Um, and there's been people like the guy I was talking to uh, this morning, um, taking him out three times. Every time we go out, he catches more fish than the time before because he picks up on subtle things. You know, we were talking way before uh, we had Mike set up about just even the speed of his reeling, you know, in and making the rod tip wiggle and how that was producing. After, after or, bite, we're yeah, talking. Two or, three, yep. two or three feet of slack in a line. Um, it's just little things that maybe you don't always notice on the first time around or maybe they picked up a bad habit or whatever the case is. Um, they just have to be willing to learn it and you have to be willing to teach them. Yeah. All and, right. And like we, we talked about when we were, we were discussing that, that yeah, you take a guy out under one set of conditions and you knock him dead and he learns one technique. That technique's got, not going to work all the time. So, no, you know, just if depends he wants on to learn, what you want to get out of the trip if, too. Yeah. Like some people just want to have a good time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And even if they are learning something and they're not having a good time, they're not coming back. That's true. That's true. So yeah, you have to wear many hats. Yeah. Well, oh, and absolutely. you do have to have a good personality. And I mean, there's a million Spencer's and one screwed. things. Facts. <laughs> Facts. But you know, look at like I will. They always tell you, and I'm sure as a teacher, you you probably know this, but I don't know if you follow the rule. Read an email three times before you hit send. No, I don't follow that rule. I always do, and I, <laughs> and I always find like oh, I should put a comma here, you know. And, and you don't know who you're the next person. You don't know who the person on the other end of that email. If they go, you can't form a sentence in a simple email. You don't. Maybe, I, I do. I maybe I don't. Email. You know, maybe this isn't like I want to be the most professional that I possibly can. Yeah. So it's just little details down to everything, you know. And and when you think a catfish guide, that's not always the portrayal that pops in your head. No. You There's know I mean? definitely a, uh, a, <laughs> a stigma. Uh, a stigma. stigma on catfishing, of, you know, bib overalls and... You don't yeah. wear bibs? I don't. No. You don't? I guess I'm not fishing with him. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> and, you know, catfish only bite at night. You know, how many yeah. times do I get that question? Why is that's, catfish That's kind of pretty old, though. Well, is it's it, just, though? Do you, do you honestly get that every question? Every week, you know, really? it's, it's somebody says, well, what, why, why do catfish always bite better at night? And it's like, eh, yeah, Sometimes they do. Yeah. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. And <clears throat> a lot of it depends on how you hit them. All right. Time for some serious stuff. We've been talking about all this. We're we going back to your manscaping stuff. No. <laughs> okay. What uh, we touched on a little bit the last podcast, but we need to go more in depth. Um, go to boat snacks. Boat snacks. What's your go to? Boat snacks. I don't eat on the boat. My insurance. My insurance clause actually says that I'm not allowed to bring food on the boat. Shut up, for real. Really? Yeah. Because... I need to read my insurance closer. <laughs> well, <laughs> that could be a again, deal breaker. I'd be like, well, I'm, when I'm not. When I'm hungry, I'm not thinking as clearly. That could be a liability. <laughs> so the geek in me, I read everything, right? Because I want to make sure that I understand everything. So if I bring a package of planters, nuts on, you know, or whatever the case is, or uh, on the boat, you might have a peanut allergy. 
Mm. You might have yeah. some kind of reaction yeah. to that. I bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and you turn into you know Stay Puft Marshmallow Man or whatever the case is. So there's um, there's a clause in there that says you know you can't bring any any food on the boat, and I don't bring food on the boat because if I do, and that's the time that the person's allergic to whatever, um, I just really screwed myself out of a, a big lawsuit. So. Yeah. Are you serious? But, but clients like, can says that correct? on the mm-hmm. man. Yes and yes. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. That's hard to imagine. Like, you run doubles and you don't have anything to eat? I'll take a break, but I won't bring food on the boat. No, oh, so when you go between trips, you go back to your truck and... Yeah, there's a, if I do run a double trip, there's a cooler with, you know, sandwich or whatever. And it's pretty neutral. Turkey breast or, you know, sandwich or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, simple and effective. Simple, yeah. quick, and, and good, you yeah. know? Maybe like a peanut... I like the Elvis peanut butter and... and Bananas. Yeah. That's solid. Give you that little sugar spike. A little bit of protein, a little bit of of carbs, and good to go. All right. The the thing everyone's been waiting to hear about, you got any good guide stories? (laughs) I have to think through a lot of So the answer is yes, yes. but how can you say it in a tactful, (laughs) respectful way? Right. I have to think about this. I have to think about it. Um as good guys stories being nightmare stories or no nope, they can just be whatever you determine a good guide story is okay well um i took a i took a guy out 2 years ago and we were fishing a small lake uh, in town okay and the guy called me and he said uh, i'd like to book a trip with you um to go fishing so we talked about that and i kind of went through the whole rundown and being a person who offer, offers a lot of opportunities to make it easy for someone to book a trip, um, I told him, hey, we take Google Pay, Apple Pay, Venmo, PayPal. You know, you can mail a check. We can meet up and, and do cash. And he says, well, I don't have Internet. I don't have email. I don't have a smartphone. I don't how, do you have, get, how do you find out about you? I don't know. Found a business card maybe at and he just one called of the you. stores or something. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, uh, he calls me up and he says, I don't have any way to give you a deposit. But I live like a half hour away. You know, I can run cash over to you if you want. I said, no, you know what, Let, let's just meet up on the lake. If, if you're old school like that and your word is old school and means you're, when you say I'm going to meet you That's at a certain point. time, you're going to meet me at a certain time, you know. So, we met up uh, probably you know, 65 to 70 age uh so older guy. Yeah, an not, older guy. Not a spring chicken. Right. And uh, so we go fishing, and it's cold, like uh, September, October, but it's cold enough that he's wearing a jacket, I'm wearing a jacket, and we're fishing. And right off the bat, man, we caught like five good five good fish. Nice. And he's having a good time. And we hook into a fish in like 20 feet of water, which if even a five-pound fish in 20 feet of water. Oh, it's, gonna, it's, it's straight down, man. Yeah. That's the best fight you're going to get. Well, once I saw this takedown, I knew that this was going to be the biggest fish we'd caught so far. So um, I bring the other rods in, and we're focusing just on this one fish. And uh, we get this fish close to the boat. I mean, it's a long fight because he doesn't necessarily know how to fight a fish. We talked about that, too. But he's, he doesn't really he's know how to fight, fight a fish. Sure. But yeah. he's gaining, he's losing, he's gaining, he's losing. Um, finally, we get it close to the boat, and I see it, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is a, a trophy channel cat. So 
I get it in the net, and the guy's laughing like a little schoolgirl the whole time. You know, Good. Just, just That's chuck- awesome. Absolutely. He's chuckling, you know, and the whole time he's just having a great time. So we net this fish, get it in the boat. We take some pictures, and I've got a picture of him where his eyes are like the size of dinner, you know, dinner plates. He's just like, oh, my gosh, you know, this, this fish. And he just looked at it and looked at it, and I said, we got a bunch of good pictures. I said, let's put it back. And we put it back. And I said, man, we're just killing it today. You know, we're like 15, 20 minutes into this trip, and, and it's, it's, we can't keep bait on the hook. Mm-hmm. He goes, I want to go home. I said, <laughs> excuse me? What? He goes, I want to go home. He says, uh, I'm ready to go. I had, I had enough fun for the day. And I said, well, I got to know more than that because, I mean, we've got four and a half hours of good fishing left, you know, yeah. and, and and everything is is lined up and we're, we're rocking it. Nope, I want to go home. He goes, I want to go home and tell my wife about this before I forget any of the details of this trip and that fish and everything about it. And he goes, I don't have a way to text her and I don't want to call her. It's not the same as if I tell her in person. And he's like, I just want to. I just, I'm done. He's like, a, that's, that's awesome. the biggest fish I've ever caught in my life, and I'm 60-some years old. Uh, take me back to the dock. Perception is powerful. I yeah. into it, yeah. Yeah. So I said, would you like some pictures of this fish? Uh, so you have something, you know, to kind of reflect back on the memory. He goes, yeah, I just don't have a way to email it, you know, or anything. So I went, printed off some that's pictures cool. for him. That's cool. You know, and I, yeah. it wasn't like I'm going to go to a grocery store and print it. I went and got good quality, like, professional photos oh, you did. edited for it. I would have went to the grocery store. <laughs> and, I, you know, I, I delivered him th- these pictures of this fish that he liked. And, and to me, that was one of those ones where it's like, wow, you know, this was the, this was the trip. This was the guy's highlight yeah. for the year or the decade or whatever the case was for that guy. It was it was his like moment of like nirvana this is where i'm at you know yeah. and he was happy with it so and bringing it back to the the photos i i take pictures of some of my bigger fishes or my my funnest trips or something and i frame them it's just to me it's like mounting a fish yeah mm-hmm. you know I, I just walk down the hall and i look at that picture and i'm like yeah it was a good time yeah well, you know? one thing i do on on my trips is i take a picture of every fish we catch um, and then when I'm done, I do edit them out. You know, if there's stuff in the background that doesn't need to be in the background, or if the color is not quite right, or the shadow is not quite right, um, and I send them all. You know, I'll email them or I'll text them pictures of their trip, whether it's a two pound fish or a twenty pound fish or whatever yeah. the case is. You know, because yeah. that is their experience, and I want them to remember that experience. So when they look at that picture, they go, "I want to go back with I need with Dave Weiner at yeah. ChasingCats.com," <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> And go back and, and let's, you know, let's have fun again on, on the boat. So Absolutely. it goes back to the business side of things, you know, and it, it's well, not you're all take, business, you're, you're taking that extra step. You're doing more than what is required of you or expected of you. You're going above and beyond. And that, yeah. that, I mean, if I was booking a trip with somebody and they did that, that would mean something to me because there's so many times that you work with somebody in a business setting, you're purchasing somebody, something from somebody and the experience is whatever it's it's a whatever experience it's like a meh you know type experience or it's a bad experience and i feel like the neutral or negative experiences substantially outweigh the positives and to do something like that that creates a positive experience and that's that's cool man yeah especially when you got doubles booked for the day and you know that's your first trip and you take time after your second trip to 
to give them that treatment. I mean, that says a lot. There's no substitute for going above and beyond for working hard. That's hard yeah. work. You know, you're doing more than the next guy. That's awesome. I respect yeah. that. Especially in a in a public setting where you're you're working with the public all the time. I mean, that's that that definitely would go a long ways. No, I'm old school, man. Actions speak louder than words. Yeah. All right. Well, in in reality, I want that about my life in general. Sure. You know when not to get like all deep and philosophy. We kind of are. Uh, stuff. Let's yeah. roll with it. <laughs> you know, you, you when you die, you have people are going to remember all, either the good or the bad, right? And so, I don't want anybody to ever have anything bad to say about me as a person or actions that I've done. Or nobody whatever. who's seen that mustache will ever say anything <laughs> bad about. So you. there's, you know, sometimes Google like, what's the dash mean? You know, in, in a death, and it, it's the story is the is the dash is basically what it is. So is your story going to be all good? You know, we try to live every day. You don't know. And trust me, as a paramedic for years and years and years, you don't know what the next day is going to bring Fact. if you have yeah. one. Yeah. So if yeah. you can make that experience better for somebody that day and that's what they remember, or if you can make helping somebody change a tire on the side of the road or whatever the case is, then, you know, you're just making your dash positive. Then yeah, absolutely. Saying, hey, yeah. That guy's dead. Thank God, you know, or whatever the case is. Or, <laughs> that's what they'll say about me. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh what's the biggest fish you ever put a client on? Um I'd say probably close to twenty. You've got some channels that big? Yeah. Last year our biggest one was just a pinch under eighteen. Wow. That's a slob. Yeah. And Which, we caught like thirty that day, I bet. And he actually made a video of it. Um and it's out there on, on the YouTubes. The YouTube. Um, the YouTubes. <laughs> But it's uh, take a Under look at Spencer Bauer sucks. <laughs> take, take a look at uh, Alan Crandall fishing uh, when we just killed it that day. But that whole week we killed it. You know the the big fish were in there um, last year in general. So of all the people we had on the boat, we had seven trips where we didn't catch one fish that was uh, that wasn't that didn't go ten pounds. So wow, you, you figure how many for the old channel rats? Yeah. How many days of fishing, and how many hours, and how many different uh, people who either know how to bring a fish in or don't know how to bring fish yeah. in? And we caught all but seven trips where um, there was a you know a fish over ten pounds. So last year yeah. was golden. That's what's awesome. uh, what's your biggest fish? Your biggest channel cat? I don't you know I don't weigh fish that much. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I can tell you though, it, it would most likely come from Ponderosa, where my second guide Jimmy Brown um, lives, and he fishes that private uh, lake. It's got big old channel rats. It's got in it. monster, monster channel cats in there, and I'd say we're getting probably close to that twenty pound mark. But the other thing too is like it's, it's almost not a fair question in the fact that I haven't. I might reel. What's in, unfair about it? I might reel in six fish a you year. You haven't been a guide your whole life. Well, no, but You've when been, I've been well, how long? How long have you been guiding? Uh, was this five years? I think. How old are you? Forty-two. That's a lot of years of fishing. Yeah, but it's a <laughs> lot of years when you when you look at the last five years and you put all of that learning into reality where would you go out 
the 30-some years well, we're, before that. we're not, like, trying to put you up against other somebody else or some standard. It's just general no, question. No, but what I'm, what I'm, I'm saying, though, is it goes back you to the conversation. You don't have to defend anything. <laughs> well, it goes back to the conversation we were having before, though. It's, it's like, we go out, we're just having fun. You know, if I go out and I fish with my buddy, I don't care less if I catch a fish or not. If I catch a big fish, I might weigh it. I might not. I might just take a picture of it, smile, and go, that was a great fish, you know? Yeah. Um, I can't remember the last fish that I caught that I weighed. I just don't get the scale out for my own fish. I, and I love Ryan that. weighs them all. I do. Yeah. It it's, it's, goes back to a database. When I see a fish, I'm usually you're close. Good at, you're good at guessing. I'm, I'm pretty close to what they are. But, you know, I don't care if they're 7 pounds or, you know, 50 pounds. I want to know what they weigh. I think we, we weighed a fish on the trip I took you on last year. Just yeah, we caught one good one. Yeah. Well, we caught several good ones, but we caught one that was bigger than the rest. Know, like 12 or 13 pounds. I think, it was o- I think it was over 13. Yeah, I don't know. See, that's the thing yeah. is I don't know. You know, yeah. the next day is another, this is the next day. And well, the, the next yeah, that's, is the next fish. that's like my electrical jobs. I couldn't tell you a thing about a job I did last year. There's no I, way. I feel I like too much if going you, on. Like, sure, if you want to weigh them for – to increase your ability to guess the weight, like eyeballing them. I just want to know. But it, I, I, I feel know. like weighing them, depending on how you look at it, perception's powerful, per- perception's everything, but I feel like some people get so wrapped up in the weights that it reduces the quality of their experience. Like, okay, I weighed this fish, and I'm let down because it's not as big as I thought it was, and then therefore the trip is not as good as it would have been had I not weighed that fish. If I'm way off on a weight on of a fish i i relook it over i'm like why was i you know over five pounds off you know what i mean because it, I, it like i mean I, me. I understand the concept yeah. that you're talking about but i've never me. applied that to the weight of a fish because yeah. i i don't i just really don't care I don't, I, I, i'm just trying to if it's in a my freak retirement show, age if it's a freak show i i kind of want to know how much it weighs in my Absolutely. retirement age i'm gonna work at a circus and i'll be the weight guesser <laughs> So I'm, no, but I'm just, but that's the, the contestants are the weight guessers, <laughs> not the guy they hire. You know, um, I I don't remember any of the fish that I necessarily weighed, but I can tell you out of like oh I, mean, I don't know countless numbers of, of fish I, I've caught, I can tell you a, a handful of experiences that stick in my mind. To me, that's more important than what the fish weighed. Yeah, I you have know. the biggest fish I've caught, and I have the biggest fish I weighed. Yeah, they, they I do categorize them that way. I don't know why I interrupted you. No, I no. I can remember. Continue talking about what you're talking about. It was way <laughs> no, more important yeah, than that. No, just, I can remember a few of the battles where it's like, oh, we were lucky to get that fish in the boat. Or, Isn't you know, it? that that fight was like tremendous on that fish. It might have been a 14-pound or 10-pound, or you know. But I can go through my phone and I can say, I remember the catch in that fish. Sure. And I can remember yeah. the battle with it. What did it weigh? Heck if I know. I Especially know one that's wrapped up in a log or something and you exactly. get him out. Yeah, you know, when, yeah. I was th- when I was thinking that, I was thinking of a tournament that Matt and I fished when we were tournament partners, uh, the guy that owns a Whisker Seeker, and how we battled, you know, I battled this one fish out of a log jam for like 10 minutes and and got it out and, you know, we got it and I think we got second or third that, that tournament. Had we not got that fish out of there... Um, that would have probably been a deal breaker for us. So I remember the experience. I remember the fight more than, well, I don't even know what the fish weighed. No yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's to me, the weight of the fish really doesn't change the situation. I just want to know. It's just data. Uh, to and me. it's weird because people ask me that literally every single trip. What's the biggest fish you ever caught? I said, I have no idea. 
I can give you the top five funnest fish, but <laughs> yeah, you know, I can. Uh, no, and usually my response is I, I I generally don't reel a fish in hardly all season. You yeah. know, if I can get get a couple days to go out and fish, if I get a few days off, like uh, out of this, I have a regular job too, so I have to count that in there. But it's not like I'm guiding every single day of the fishing season. But if I have a day off, I have other stuff I have to do. I have a daughter, I have a wife, I have four dogs. I have a house, you know, I got to mow the yard. I got to get the oil changed. I got to do this. I got to do that. There's not always time to go out and fish. Yeah. I'm fishing all the time. Well, I'm fishing yeah. through the people that I'm, I'm taking out, you know? Absolutely. Well, you're working two jobs. You know, you <clears throat> yeah. have, yeah, you're working two jobs with everything else. Every, like a lot of, not everybody, a lot of other people have. And to find time for leisure activities is, is difficult. Yeah, I get that. And there's sometimes too towards the end of the season where it's like I don't want to be on my own boat. <laughs> yeah, know? I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't want to go fishing today. And and that's on the days when it's like I could go fishing, you know. But I want to sleep in. I want to not have to go out and refill my bait tank because I went out and burned through ten bluegills or whatever the yeah. case is. And you know, there's a lot of variables to it. Or you know, maybe I'd like to go have breakfast with my wife or something like that. And so I. Or maybe I like to change species. You know, I love walleye fishing. Well, that's what yeah. I was going to say is like all yeah. that stuff specific, not all of it, but the bait stuff specific to uh, catfishing. And that's one thing I do, especially like me and Ryan, we're going hard right now on free yeah. and flyheads. Like we've fished. Well, it's time. <laughs> well, I, I fished every day for, and when I say every day, I mean like all day, all night, <laughs> all day <laughs> for four days, pretty much. And then, uh, we took a night off and our night off is to do a podcast and yep. we're going tomorrow and then I'm going to fish all night tomorrow and I'm going to wake up and then I'm going to go somewhere else and fish the morning Thursday. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to edit video and, and all that other stuff. But, um, I totally just lost my train of thought. Other species. Oh, other species. Thank you. Um, <laughs> we go hard on the flyheads when it's time to go hard on flyheads, but there's a time where they kind of taper off, and conveniently, other species are taken off, like hybrid stripers. I absolutely love hybrid stripers, and I'll go do a bunch of flathead fishing, and it's like the greatest thing in the world, and then once they taper off and then I'm catching hybrids, it's like the new greatest thing <laughs> in the world, and then all of a sudden the flyheads are biting again, but I have apprehensions. I'm like, but this the hybrids are so much fun, you know? And yeah. You can use bait for them, but you can get by without bait. You can show up with a handful of jig heads and some shad body paddle tails or flukes and then maybe a couple topwaters if they're hitting topwater and just do damage on them and yeah. pound for pound. It don't get much better than them things. They're so much fun. In the years past, I, I wasn't quite as busy as I am now. And so I was able to go, hey, this is when the channel cats are spawning, and this is when the bite's really hard. Mm -hmm. We're going to switch and do three weeks of walleye trips. Sure. Yeah. And that worked out great. I mean, man, the walleye bite was, was perfect. It was a nice change of pace. But now it seems like weather every year is a little bit different than the year before, and it's just hard to predict. Um, but with that is i'm going to start booking trips in the winter time and i have to start picking warm days by calendar days which june is usually a guarantee you're going to be warm weather yeah um and this year you know we have a lot of stuff going on in june i can't break away from that and do walleye trips and i'm not going to tell people you took time off work you know and all this other stuff 
we're going to go make the the best out of what we can. And some days during hard fishing days, it's great days. And other days, it's a struggle. Yeah. I don't know. I go back and forth on those types of things. I mean, and we'll see. I'm not a guide. I don't. You are a guide. No, I'm not. I haven't never officially guided anyone. But, but well, you, for five you, years, you have. have. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody that's paying me. Yeah, but but now one. But you you have you have baited the hook, so to speak. I have I've I've clients booked, but it's different. What I'm getting at is like in my head, I will have the conversation with a client that, okay, you booked a trip for flatheads, but we have an exceptionally warm like this year. It could work out this way, like. On the calendar, they should be going hard the end of June, but we had low water, exceptionally warm temperatures, water temps spiked, and we have an early spawn, and the flat fishing's garbage. So we can go out and try to catch one anyway because can you catch them during the spawn? Absolutely. Um, is it going to be as good as pre-spawn? No. <laughs> like, Can you catch them? Yeah, but it's going to be slower. Um, and you can still catch a big fish. You know, It only takes one bite. Okay, you fish six hours, it's slow, but you caught a 55. Okay, <laughs> everyone forgets how slow it was when right. they catch a 55. Yeah. Right. But, um, or we could change up gears and we could go hit channel cats because they're post spawn and they're hungry, and we could go catch 20, 30 fish and have a blast. Or we could go chase those hybrids, or we could go walleye fishing because June walleyes in Iowa, hidden secret. It's not that hidden, but they it can be killer. It yeah. can be killer. You know, yeah. like those are all options. But if you want to go try to catch that, like get that one big bite when the odds are low, man, I'm all for it because that's my type of fishing too. Yeah. Right. It's just, will a, how will a client respond to that? And it's, you know, I say client and I'm I hate just, that word. I'm just no. painting people into a corner a little bit because everybody's an individual and, you know, like Jim, Jim might respond differently than Joe, you know, yeah, because absolutely. I think you've already seen that quite apparent with just conversating with the guys and, and girls that are getting trips with you. I yeah. mean, every, everybody's got different see, reasons different. they're booking trips. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and to go back to, um, having another niche is the education part of it too, where, that's the number one reason why people are going to book a trip. And we're going to go over all that stuff. I'm like, hey, this didn't work. See, you know? I enjoy the variety. And we'll go back over. And again, that 15% of the people that want to just go out and catch as many fish as possible, we're going to do everything we can to catch as many fish as possible. If and that some don't days work, they we're work. Going to the bluegill pond. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. And some days that, that works, you know, and we do catch as many as possible. And other days we don't. But. Hopefully their experience was as good as possible, you know. Yeah. But if yeah. you booked that in November, I'm not going to change it now. You've taken time off work. We've we've already you know we've already scheduled this, and by now knowing that that bite's slow, my next available day is six weeks out. Are you going to even want to go fishing in six weeks when your kids got soccer camp and you got vacations planned and you know all Maybe. the other stuff? It's yeah. just person by person basis, right. I suppose. Yeah. But I I don't have. The time from work, the time from life, to adjust all that around a bite. Yeah, we're going to go out and we're going to hit it as hard as we can, and we're going to make the best out of that that five hour window. Sure, yeah. sure. Go hit them rocks, man. Yeah, <laughs> slip bobbers, party cove. 
Well, there are rocks over there. There are rocks yeah, over there. Definitely worth yeah. checking out. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe do a little scouting after you drop your clients off. Yeah. Because yeah. the spotting fish ain't going to leave whether it's morning, noon, or night. That is true. All right. We, uh, I think it's time for the last cast, which is your opportunity to uh, cover any last thing you want to touch on or uh, any last bit of information you want to relay to the people listening. Hmm. That's deep. We've covered everything from uh, shaving the nether regions <laughs> safely to, you know, uh, well, that's important. scientific <laughs> channel cat biology. So, Just you know, another day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I guess just in a in a recap, a recap. Um, <laughs> Which recap, one is recap, it? <laughs> um, on you know, if I was just going to sum up everything that we've kind of talked about, is be the best person you possibly can. Don't treat suck. everybody everybody uh, you know as as the best person that that you're going to spend that time with. Do good things. Treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Um, understand that there's there's good guides. There's bad guides. Do your research and enjoy the time that you have with that person. Um, get the best information you can. Don't be afraid to ask questions and don't be afraid to follow up. Say, hey, we tried this. It didn't work. My phone's always available and, you know, call and, and I get random text messages from people I've never talked to before. That's cool, man, how you, people book a trip and then you're up front that. Hey, you. We covered these things, but if something ever pops up, you can get a hold of me and yeah. I'll help you out. Yeah. I mean, I get I, I, every week. I'll have ten to fifteen different emails, text messages, whatever. You know, what's the water temp doing? Where should I start fishing? You know, mm-hmm. it's people. I've, mainly people I've taken out before. Sure. I want to help yeah. them succeed. I don't want to say like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, all those times we we went, you know, or the times we went out. Remember, we, we did this and we did that. Mm-hmm. I would go and, and hit that, and I would try to do this or whatever. And um, I don't know. It's just a friendship. And it goes way back to what we talked about probably well over an hour ago is we're two new friends fishing on a boat or we're one new yeah. friend fishing on yeah. a boat. You know, a friend responds when you have a question and need yeah. help with something, and that's what I want to be. So that in my dash will have a positive by it, you know, and at the end of the, my story. So Moral yeah. of the story, don't be an asshole. No, there's no. plenty of those out there, so God, don't be I'm one. Screwed. You are. <laughs> no, I don't know. That's pretty much it. I mean, it's it's, it's a simple the golden rule. Be kind to people. Yeah, help absolutely. help people out when you can. No, that's that's good. You're keeping it deep. Appreciate that. Going with the running yeah. team. All right, Ryan, you man. Yeah. Well, I had a blast. You know, as normal. I haven't really uh, had a bad podcast. There's not one that I walked away from saying, God. I've freaking spencer but but uh, you haven't said it on the podcast (laughs) but no it was another good time um i'm just this i'm getting get it giggity is the word giggity no giggity that would be reference from family guy (laughs) thing but quagmire the last month has been awesome fishing so i mean hopefully way to jinx it hopefully we have (laughs) But the last couple of days have been really slow. Well, the last the last, last night, was, and I would yeah. argue that was more of a that was location a user but, error. I believe. Well, when you try new places, that's the <laughs> yeah. risk you take. That is correct. But you can't. But, if you settle for good, you'll never be great. That is correct. Yep. But it's been pretty great. So I mean, I just hope we uh, keep on a roll and keep having fun, keep making memories, and you know, 
there's there's no better time than just out on the water for me anyway it doesn't matter like yesterday we caught a literally a two pound channel cat and a turtle but it was a blast I i've fun. said this like four times ryan teed off on that turtle <laughs> like he smoked that thing and i got excited that pulled bowed up almost pulled out of a shell yeah <laughs> you about turned that turtle inside out yeah which would have been a lot cooler because then he would have not ate my bait next time i'm there <laughs> hey he left you alone that night he did that's man. what you should do as a, as a turtle catching and, and clean and and cook oh that'd be a great a shit show like <laughs> i've never cleaned a turtle have you cleaned a turtle ryan i bet you have i haven't really what? No, you clean I'm, like every I've animal not. under the, i'm sure in the I've, world. I've eaten turtle several times but i've never cleaned one well, i've had turtle once save. And you know, I gotta cook it maybe. And I've never think, cooked I, I one. Think I've you eaten them. Step up to that challenge. All right. Yeah, I'm. I'm on board. I catch enough of them. You, I might as well eat one. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even deny it. I can't even be nice about it. Right? If, if you Ryan has it dialed if unintentionally, there a, if there is a leatherback in a five mile radius, he's got my bait on his radar. All right. That reminds me of what we saw a couple nights ago. We did have a so last night was crappy two nights ago we caught three uh in three flatheads yeah three flatheads that's relevant because that's pretty good flathead fishing night by my standards um but when we were leaving ryan flipped his light on and in the water directly in front of us was a snapping turtle just chilling just looking it was pretty cool like you don't see a ton of snapping turtles anymore unfortunately and to see one just kicking back relaxing he looked at us at us he might have smiled <laughs> Thanks for the bait, guys. Yep. He never did take any <laughs> no, of our baits. He didn't. No. All right, so you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. I'm I didn't done. want to cut you off or anything. Anyway, uh the biggest thing for me is like all the feedback I've been getting from emails and comments on Facebook and Instagram and stuff and, and on YouTube videos just all over the place, like all the positive feedback for the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh this is too much fun not to keep doing it. We don't really make a nickel <laughs> off of this and uh, just do it because it's a good time. So yeah. we're going to keep doing it. And uh, if you want to keep telling us we're doing great, keep telling us we're doing great. If you want to tell me that I'm an idiot, uh, don't just send an email to Ryan and tell him he's an idiot. <laughs> nah, for real. Uh, good, bad, or ugly, send an email. Uh, com. If you want to get a hold of Ryan. It is tasseryan at hotmail.com. If you want to get a hold of Dave and book a trip, um, don't complain to him. Just complain to me. Uh, <laughs> what's your email, Dave? It is catfishingiowa at gmail.com. There you go. So you can book a trip with him. You're going to have a good time. You're going to learn a lot of stuff. You might make a fishing buddy for life. And you can check all our other stuff off uh, or out at River Certified. It's River Certified on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all those places. You can check them out. But regardless, really appreciate you taking the time to listen to this podcast. It's it's a lot of fun on our end. Hope you guys enjoy it too. Um, thanks. Hope you catch Giant.
Vote now in Waypoint TV's 2023 Series Showdown. Your favorite hunting and fishing shows are going head-to-head. Visit waypointtv.com to vote and be entered to win a giveaway from Element Outdoors. Cast your votes during each round until the champions are crowned. Get in the game and vote in the Series Showdown. Presented by Expedition Enterprises and Vote Trader. Only at waypointtv.com. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.